Welcome back to the Twisted Builds podcast for the third time tonight. How's it going? <laughs> hey, third time's the charm. You can't knock it. Exactly. Exactly. Um, me and Kevin have been having technical issues. It's been a very long time since we recorded the last one, which we're going to see. There's a dog. Hi, dog. Oh, can you see him? Where? Yeah, he's fine. Where is I he at? Because I can't see him. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Come here. Come here, buddy. Here, get up. No, Podcast other side. Doggo. Yeah, here. Get up here. Hi, buddy. Uh, yeah. He can't hear you. <laughs> For our YouTube yeah. listeners. He, he kind of looks like Scooby-Doo, but his name's Buddy. We have nice. a loving mutt. Okay, get down now. Okay, that's enough <laughs> kisses. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Oh, my. So, oh. speaking of listeners, we might have a new listener. I, I, I ended up touching bases with... Uh, a uh, guy that was a customer at my buddy Jonathan's shop, and okay. uh, he's big in like the electric electric vehicles, and he drives a Tesla. And he was in oh shush it, my little <laughs> corgi chihuahua. I don't know if you can hear him growling. He's I, yeah, mad. I heard him he, a little he, bit. He, hey Benji, he's mad that the other dog got attention. He didn't. He's an old man. Uh, nice. <laughs> but anyway, we might have a a new uh, Benji. Shut your mouth. We might have a new uh, new listener. So if you're out there, uh, I guess give us a thumbs up and whatever you're watching us on. <laughs> nice. So, hello. Yes. Um, yeah, and everyone, like, we're, like, it depends on where you're listening, but we're, the podcast is pretty much everywhere. So if you're listening on uh, Spotify or Apple, uh, we record this now. Um, you're going to see some nice backgrounds. I haven't decided what they are yet. If you're on YouTube, they're obviously green screens. We're trying to up mm -hmm. our production quality. Uh, Kevin mm -hmm. has bought an amazing, phenomenal mic and sounds so nice now. And okay. I've at least it sounds good to you. End. I can't hear my own. So oh, it sounds great. <laughs> Sounds great, and um, I we just right before why we're recording this for the third times. I found that my internet speed was a little slow down here, so I got that all fixed, and we're gonna get right to it. And I've printed out the subjects this week, and I sent you a copy of them because we yeah. All so I I have a copy. <laughs> so <laughs> again, it's we're gonna get back in the swing of things. I've said that a lot lately, but but you and I have just have. A crazy life. And oh man, we, we are living the life of ten people just between the two of us. I'll tell you that much. Yes. So, um, do you want to skip the first subject we were talking about on the prior? Yeah, that's fine. It's or been a while since I, I threw that threw that subject on there. Uh, I don't I don't really remember why why it was relevant that I threw that on there. <laughs> okay, so we can right. we can blaze over so we'll that. We'll hop on to the next one, which I don't have the board down here. It just got in the mail, and I think it's upstairs. Um, so uh, I am working on my next subject is paying it forward, which um, when I first got into electrical coding, um, microprocessors and Arduino and stuff like that, uh, I got into it, and I had a couple people, Josh Stewart of the Speedwino um, community. He's actually the one that created, you know, that's a massive shout out to Josh. He was phenomenal with walking me through some stupid questions getting into this. Um, so massive shout out to Josh and I've been wanting to pay it forward for a while and I finally found an open source project that I can do that with. 
So, um, uh, Cody Rose, if you're listening, shout out to you. Hello. Um, I, me and Cody Rose are working on an open source project that he, that he started. Um, it's Delphi, du- Delphi Duino. I'm probably butchering that. Um, it's a Delphi, like P01, P59 ECU, uh, with a chip that you can, uh, he originally was soldering the chips inside the case. Uh, now it looks like it's going to be external and I have one. I just don't have it here for at the time of recording. So I'll toss a photo of it, uh, in the YouTube. So if you're listening anywhere and want to see it, go to our YouTube channel, Twisted Builds LLC on YouTube, and you can look at it uh, during this video, but. He's working to bring out the serial communication because those aren't CAN buses or serial comms. Uh, he's working on bringing those out and making a boost controller with it and uh, wideband uh, has a wideband controller on board and pretty much all the, like all the stuff you would need for like a P01 or P59 and kind of a swap vehicle all in one little neat area. So we're working on that to, and I'm helping him with that. Um, for free, like I'm not charging them or anything. Mm-hmm. This is kind of like just giving back to the community. So, um, so yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I just like I, I massive again, massive shout out to Josh Stewart because like you mm-hmm. saved me from so much headache and code. And he, I had some stupid questions getting into this and stupid things <laughs> of electrical stuff. Well, I mean, you don't know what you don't know until you ask a question about it. So, exactly. so. Um, this is my, kind of my way of giving back because uh, Speedo stuff's open source, and I figured I found another one that I could I could give back to, and I I want to give back to the Speedo stuff. I haven't completely dropped it. Um, it's just been with what I've been doing lately. I've just kind of shifted a little bit, but um, it'll come in time. There's a lot. Go- there's a lot going on. You're going to see that in the podcast. So. Um, <laughs> The I've got a new bench. I, I told you about this. I've got a new bench ECU power setup, and I'm actually going to combine a couple of these subjects into one. So, um, the new bench ECU setup is for powering. I saved a 2012 Focus PCM from the scrap bin, it was an insurance claim, and the car was hit in that area. And the insurance company wanted a new engine harness and a new engine computer. And uh, the old harness was like the bro- the harness going onto the computer was broken. And I actually had to cut the connector off of the engine computer to get use of it. So, oh, um, but I, I'll, I'll put a photo again on the YouTube video. Um, I was able to do that, and I, and like I don't care if the ECU's junk. I just needed it to power on so I could use it on my bench, and I've been able mm-hmm. to do that. So. Um, there's a, and I sent you a link to it. There's a cheaper, uh, I think I got it off of Amazon. Uh, I got the, Are you talking about the, the breakout. Yes. The breakout box. The okay. Break- yeah. So, so after you sent me that link last time, I went through everything that I have for Diag and I already have one. So I forgot oh, about it, sweet. but I found it. So yeah, <laughs> it works awesome. <laughs> for, for can, okay. can bus breakout. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm doing yep. it for, and like it's gonna work for serial uh, cam, like serial communication as well. So like the PO1 P59 for this Delphi Duno, uh, I can power up a PO1 P59 here, or like I have a bench power supply, I can power it there too. Um, I have a simulator that I just got a program with a 24x uh, wheel, and like I'll be able to bench simulate RPM input and everything into it, and then reverse engineer the code, like the uh, broadcast outputs for the like RPM information, throttle position, stuff like that. 
and uh, work with the Delphi Duino code and get that kind of going where it needs to go. So, but that PCU power supply is also for like the focus stuff or the focus ECU is for this guy right here. Ooh, so pretty. this is, yeah, this is a prototype. Uh, design's going to change a little bit. This was just get everything on the, like on a circuit board with quick connects. Uh, and that was really from the, the, the first video you sent me in the, the little list of videos, wasn't yes. that? Okay. Yes. Yeah. So this is the prototype for anyone listening or watching on YouTube. Uh, this is the prototype twisted builds CAN bus logger. Um, I am shooting to be the only one in the market right now that does all three, like three versions of networks on a single board at the same time. So um, this one has, as it sits uh, right like, now, it's pretty much all broken up. You got to, you got to, Pick and pull two, and piece two, your stuff together for that. Yeah. So, like, mm -hmm. for instance, there's a quick connect, and this has like screw. Oh, there we go. Screw terminal connections, mm -hmm. and then you just like you wire it up and pop it right in, and it'll connect right to the board, and nice. that'll allow people to change the wires out so that way they can integrate. Like, uh, I'll be sitting in it with uh, wires that have alligator clips on them, but if you didn't want to use that, you want to wire it differently, or have this in your car and just tuck it away. And then, like, use it again if you need to to plug it in and go. You can. Um, this design isn't finalized. Um, there's going to be there's two different things with this design. It's both computer based and SD card based. So, uh, FD can network for the new stuff. So we're talking 2020 and newer Fords, 22 uh, and newer like Stellantis vehicles. Um, I'm not sure on the GM. I'd have to look into the GM, but the later GM, they're moving to flexible data networks. And we've talked about this on the podcast before. Mm -hmm. um, so it has one uh, inputs for those, which I guess this is power. It'd be one input for those. And then it has two regular, regular CAN bus network inputs. So the 2.0B and 2.0A standard inputs. So for any, like, Ford has medium speed CAN, Ford has high speed CAN. GM, you have GM LAN, which is technically a CAN bus. And you got mm -hmm. uh, GM's CAN bus as well. You got the OB2 CAN bus. Uh, you have pretty much CAN bus on anything 2008 and newer. And this will, if you have multiple networks, you all want to log everything at the same time to reverse engineer it. This is going to do it all in one shot. And also right. timestamps. I've already been testing it. We've been working on the code, but... Uh, it timestamps all the messages coming in as well. So, oh. um, and the two functions, which are separate, you can have SD logging input. So right now, this again, this is just a prototype board, but I literally soldered a button right onto the PCB mm -hmm. so I can just turn it on and off. And it turns an LED on on the microprocessor and indicating that you're SD card logging. And then you hit the button again to stop it. And it, it will mm -hmm. save up to 9,999 logs on the SD card or until you run out okay. of space. Okay, so that 9,999 number, where, where is that coming yes. from? Uh, it's how I programmed it. Okay, okay. So like, that's just like the largest you can throw in that program? Or? I can probably throw a logger, but oh. like you're probably not going to need more than that is my theory. <laughs> what if I wanted 10,000, you know, exactly? You know? <laughs> well, you know, I could make it happen if I really wanted to. Okay. But I think it's fine. 
But yeah, so you'd be able to do that. Uh, and it like it say it automatically saves the file. So like uh, it'll save like can data zero 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 one, and it it's coded to look at the SD card if it already has zero 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 one. It moves to zero 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 two, and then starts a new recording, so on and so forth. That's all automated, uh, and that's just so, the so SD is that, card. Is side. that your is that your sole prototype, or do you have some more that you know maybe you could send off to somebody else yeah. to test? You got four. So I got four of them. Two, I technically only have two currently. I have a board to make another one, and this design's already going to change. Like I've already found stuff mm. like this works. Um, there's features I want to add to it, and things I want to change about it. So um, I'll send you one of these if you want. I'd have to get the pieces. Absolutely. In. But I'm you, thinking, know, I, you know, I still have. I think I still have the box in my I truck of what I got to send you. So, <laughs> yeah, and I'll be honest with you. You're probably going to want the next version because the next version of boards is going to get designed real soon. Now I know that this works. Um, okay. And I'll, if you want to wait just a little bit, I'll send you the next version because the next version is going to be awesome. Uh, it's going to be okay. a lot better than this one. So this one works like this one. All the stuff works on it, but there's just little features I'm going to change about it. So. Uh, and we've only talked about SD card logging. We haven't even talked about the USB live logging. So me oh. and shout out to Sky Schmidt. He is working on the Windows program. He was the one that made the Windows program for the first uh, Arduino-based uh, prototype. This one's not based on Arduino. It uses I do use the Arduino IDE to code it, but it's not based on the Arduino chip because the Arduino chip was too too slow. I almost said short, but it's not short. It's too slow. <laughs> so um, it can't, it like, it had an issue, even when I was working with uh, FSD personally, not through Twisted Builds, um, I didn't realize until after I looked through the logs, after I started filling with this, that I didn't catch everything because um, the Arduino Mega chip's too slow. Uh, this guy has plenty of horsepower without an issue, um, catches absolutely everything. And the USB logging side of it, again, Sky Schmidt's working on the program. We used his first program with this board already, and it works-ish. Um, coding on this has changed, so he's making a new program for this. The computer program for this sucker is going to allow you to go into the program and change the board setting. So, like, say, for instance, you wanted an SD card log. But the speeds that this comes at natively aren't correct for your vehicle's CAN bus speeds, right? Like the baud rates. You can connect okay. this to your computer, change the settings, save the settings onto the board, take the USB cord out, take it to the car, do SD card logging. Or okay, the so program, there's no like entire firmware flashing that needs to take place for that. It's, yeah, it's just a set. All, we're going. Nice. It's just gonna be a set. We're gonna save it in EEPROM so that way, like you can depower or whatever, it's gonna remember it and it's gonna be good to go. And that's if you're again, if you're setting it up to SD card log. If you want to do live logging, we'll have a just a massive dump. Uh, it'll be a CSV file, so you can bring it into your like Excel or Google spreadsheets or whatever, and you can reverse log that way. That's how I've done it in the past. That's kind of how I recommend doing it. Um, you can also, so that's just a live dump of everything. You'll be mm -hmm. able to live monitor individual messages with this thing and it automatically populates what messages are on the network and then okay. allow you from the drop down menu to grab that message. So say for instance, you're looking for throttle position and you want to check it live on a live car. 
you hook this guy up to the CAN button. Just choose that out of the data. You can okay. choose that one message and hit the throttle and look for the change in pit. Now also you're like you're fighting load pids as well. So like the throttle has a lot of input, but you kind of get what I'm talking hmm. about. Where you yeah. can set one individual ID and you can watch it and watch for the data change. And then you can figure out, say, like these three have well take TPS for example, these three have that data change. You can from there figure out which one of those three is actually TPS data and what the other ones might be like load output or load requested or stuff like that. So Man, that's crazy. It, it would are you are you designing into that board any sort of output that it can do if it sees a certain uh let's say a threshold in something that you're looking for so um it's possible not uh, wasn't okay. my plan this is gonna be more of a logger okay okay, okay. gateway module stuff, gateway module stuff is coming that's kind of what okay. you're talking about okay so this is going to be the tool to figure out what's going on on a vehicle's CAN bus network and get all the data you need the Beautiful. next what's coming out is going to be probably a gateway module, kind of like what I did with that RAM and um, where I used a tool similar to list. It was actually slower than this um, to figure out what was going on. And then I built a different module to actually replace the transmission control module. Mm -hmm. um, I plan on bringing out a gateway module and they're going to be kind of specific. I'm not, there's so much stuff going on that, and it's all very unique that mm -hmm. a lot of this is be like for bespoke work or one-off stuff, but some of the stuff that's going to be generalized, I do plan on bringing gateway modules out for as well. So like okay. poly terminator X onto say like a later, like 2010 Silverado and you want everything just to work. Like I'm going to have a plug and play deal where you can just take the engine computer out of it, put it in a gateway module and nothing's going to be the wiser. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> oh if, goodness! If I don't do it, like if, and this is like this is coming back to, if I don't end up doing that and someone else does, this tool will allow you to get the data you need to do that. Mm. It's also going to allow okay. you to get the data you need to do a lot of repair work. Mm -hmm. so, so that really brings you freedom on stuff that you you own yourself. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So it'll get you the data you need. And again, like I'm future proofing it as at least as of time of recording, most of the new stuff coming out is coming out with FD networks. Like FD for Ford is three years old at this point. FD for Stellantis is like one or two years old. So it's fairly new mm -hmm. compared to we were using CAN bus back in 2008 from there forward. Mm -hmm. We're still using CAN bus in a lot of modern vehicles, but the higher speed stuff's moving to FD. So, again, that'll allow you to data log everything you need and get the information you need to do whatever you want. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, that, yeah, that's that's awesome. You really are over my head with a lot of that stuff. I get the gist or the meat yeah. and potatoes out of a yeah. lot of it. But, man, some of those nuances, you go over my head fast. <laughs> <laughs> So, and the great, the great thing about this is going to be like, if, again, if you want to make your own module, you'll be able to do that. If you want to, and like, say for instance, you're using, uh, op, I want to say open source, but third party software, like real dash, 
which is like a mm-hmm. iOS or Android app that's out there for making your own dashboards. And you want to make a file for real dash to take the can network speeds from your own car and display them on your dash. Like mm-hmm. that's completely legal. And you'll be able to do that with this guy to get the data you need to do it. Mm-hmm. So, well, I'm sold. Yeah. I'll tell so you that much. <laughs> I I didn't even mention like the I'm going to make more of the next version and you will get one of those. I promise you Um, the next version is going to like say, for instance, like I'm sorry. I know I'm taking over the podcast with this, but I'm really excited. Oh, no, man. So so you see right here where I've got jumpers. I don't know. if There we go. So I've got jumpers right right here. So those are uh, terminating resistor. Uh, jumpers. I'm actually going to switch those to dip switches, so that way you it's instead of having to physically put a jumper on there that you could probably and you use just and flip use, it over. Yeah, flip a switch. It'll be a flip a switch over. Um, I'm also going to add. Uh, so I've got a 120 ohm resistor for each network currently. I'm actually going to add a second one, and there's a reason behind that. So most uh, canvas networks at the end of the network have 120 ohm resistance to keep the network integrity uh, correct. Um, I'm going to, and like this is set up to where, say for instance, you're logging a PCM on a bench. <laughs> By the way, if anyone's watching the YouTube, he's setting up his Yeah, camera if you see me doing hand auto- gestures, yeah, it automatically connects to my face with the little <laughs> AI tracker. So I'm, I'm just <laughs> disabling that. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, so... Um, Say, for instance, you have a PCM on your bench and you want to check this stuff on your bench because you have a bench simulator to simulate inputs that, like your engine would do on your PCM and you want to get CAN data off of it. Right now, mm-hmm. like the PCM has a 120 ohm resistor in it normally. Most manufacturers, the PCM is a terminating module and then you'll have another terminating module. Lately, it's been the gateway module. Sometimes it's different. You'd have to look at your specific vehicle's wiring diagram to figure out which one's the module. But anyway, you could have a module on your bench that you're trying to get data off of with this guy that has a 120 ohm resistor, and this was fine. You could just pop a, a chip right or like a jumper right here, enable this board's 120 ohm resistor. Now you got 60 ohms resistance on the FD network or a Canvas network going into it, and mm-hmm. you're, everything's gonna talk. Now, say for instance you're getting a radio, um, a radio from a vehicle. That radio, a lot of the radios don't have a terminator resistor on it. They're going out to the network, but they don't have a terminator resistor on the board. But you Mm -hmm. have it on your bench. Instead of getting sloppy with adding like two 120 ohm resistors or 60 ohm resistors on your bench wiring to get this thing to talk, wouldn't it be nice if your logger just had two switches where it had 120 ohm and 120 ohm? One to that, one to this, yep. And make it 60 Uh ohm resistance, make and then you can do everything right on the bench. Mm-hmm. So those values are they are those basically the standard standard resistance they values? Okay. Yes. So each end of the network's 120 ohms resistance uh, combined. It makes 60 ohms across it. So mm-hmm. tech tip for anyone listening to the podcast and wants to get into network diagnostics. Uh, one of the very quick checks, like if you run into a vehicle that has an entire network down. The first thing I always do is check what we call network integrity, which is CAN bus high and low. So you have pins uh, on stuff that doesn't have a gateway module. So like before, like, I don't know, 2017, 2016, um, 
you could take pins 6 and 14 on your data link connector. They're normally canned or connected to can high and check those for resistance. If you got 60, re 60 ohms resistance, you're probably good. You can check for resistance or shorts to high or like 12 volts or ground. Um, but mm -hmm. if you got 60 ohms resistance there, the network's probably good. If you got 120 ohms resistance there, you've got an open somewhere to your yeah, Something else model. is broken. Yep. If you have no resistance, you have a lot of open. So. <laughs> <laughs> and then you can go find it. But yeah, yeah so yeah, as trap, a, they'll go through I, some sort of wiring in that case. <laughs> mouse, whatever. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, so the new modules coming out are going to have uh dip switches down here and they'll be accessible so my plan is is once i put this in a housing i'll probably have a cover of some sort that comes up or have the dip switches exposed again it, this is a product that's getting developed currently but um you'll be able to go in there they'll be labeled and you'll be able to flip the switches up or down to add the terminating resistance you need to just give the module on your bench like your ecu uh bench tool the resistance it needs to communicate to this guy to get your data or the scan Beautiful. tool or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yes. So very, very excited about this. Cause I know there's nothing on the market. That's going to like, there are can't don't get me wrong. There are can loggers on the market. Currently you can get one logger for FD. You can get a logger that'll do one can bus regular. You can get a logger that'll do two can bus regular. No one's combined them all. No one's packed in with these kind of features. No mm -hmm. one's purposely built a logger specifically for recording automotive environment CAN bus stuff for reverse engineering. So mm -hmm. it's going to be the first of its kind. So mm -hmm. it's going to be geared towards gearheads. Nerdy is, gearheads, um, gearheads. Yeah, nerdy gearheads. I know some gearheads that, that they don't understand any sort of wiring, and they're still the whole – carburetor yes. distributor guys but <laughs> they consider, yeah yeah they're, they're considering themselves gearheads too but so yeah nerdy gearheads yeah. i think is a good label <laughs> yes. so i i know i probably just tangented down that rabbit hole but i'm super excited about this well i've already so. learned a few things so i mean don't apologize for <laughs> tangenting <laughs> So anyone, anyone listening, this is actively getting done. And a massive shout out to Sky Schmidt. He is killing it with the Windows program. Like every time he shoots me a screen, like a new screenshot of what he's doing, I'm just all smiles because this is going to be amazing. I am so excited for this and what it's mm -hmm. going to bring out next in development. So, but yeah, oh, pricing is we're figuring right now, like I'm far enough along where I can kind of price it. I don't have the um, – I'm going to do a master class as well. So the unit itself without the master class, we're planning on doing $309.95. So $309.95 for the unit complete. Uh, it'll come with the wiring – you need, like the uh, alligator clip wiring and all the connectors for this guy. Um, and it'll be ready to go. It'll come with a USB cord, stuff like that. All the stuff you're going to need. You'll have to supply your own SD card because some people are going to want the – like log all kinds of data so we won't mm -hmm. supply the sd card you'll have to get one but it's a regular no, just, micro just, SD. just go ahead and go on alibaba and you'll get a few thousand of those one terabyte sd cards and then you'll just send those out free with everybody <laughs> <laughs> oh my word maybe well i don't know like i, I like to say like even like one in this right now is a, a pny which seems to be a decent brand 
But mm-hmm. anyway, but yes, that is the plan right now, and it's still in development. Do you, but we're, do you have to format the them to? Do you have to format the SD? Is it Fat Thirty Two or what's uh, was a standard Fat, that you're using? Fat Thirty Two or EX, Fat Thirty Two or EX Fat? It's not going to matter. I've tried both already. Okay, gotcha. So cool. try to keep as long as it's not like NTSF, which most people don't do SD cards NTSF anyway. Uh, NTSF is more like for operating system stuff. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, that's it's it's going to be relatively straightforward. Should be plug and play, and just use it. The when the program is only going to be supported on Windows. So if you want to use like this with a Mac or whatever, we're not going to be supporting that out of the gate. Maybe in the future, um, but right out of the gate, it will be just Windows based. But but yeah, mm-hmm. so it's coming. Um, super excited about it. Well, to be to but, be fair, to to be fair. If you're using Windows anyway, you're just going to be paying somebody else to do your stuff for you. So, or I'm sorry, if you're using Apple, you're just going to be paying somebody else to do something for you anyway. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly, that's kind of my thought here too. But yeah, all right. So, the next topic I had was you went out for training at Titans of CNC in Texas. Yeah, so I'm actually repping their shirt right now. Woo-hoo, for anybody yes, that can see. I see- that was unbelievable. I'll tell you that shop environment is is something to probably envy. eat off. So, the oh man, it is it's really awesome. The amount of knowledge that I've got from just walking in that shop and spending roughly eight hours with the guys there is just awesome. And and meeting the people that I've seen like the last year or two years, just chronically on YouTube and on Instagram in the machine shop industry and get a see, put my hands on the machines that they, that they have. Some of their EDM stuff is amazing. Some of their, uh, additive manufacturing stuff is amazing, uh, for some metal 3d printing, but uh, meeting Titan, meeting, uh, Titan's family, just basically all the employees. Barry there's awesome. Uh, it's just, it's just amazing. So I'm actually now certified. So I went there and did like the little one day class with them or one. Yep. Uh, it depends on how many hours you get. Uh, so I'm actually now an instructor for Titans of CNC okay. and an inspector. So if anybody nice. listening is wanting to do their own, uh, their own CAD models or their own machining, send me what you have when it comes to the, the, the hard part that you machined. And I'm actually able to inspect that for you on behalf of Titans of CNC. So I'm actually certified now as an inspector for them, uh, to say, yes, you, you did this part correctly or no, uh, go back and look at, let's say, uh, chamfers or go back and look at, at hole diameters or, or, uh, pockets or, or pocket depths and stuff like that. So I'm actually able to give feedback to, to those people wanting to get certified through tides of CNC. And it is just, nice. that is, so I, I spent, I think a four day weekend down in Texas okay. and yeah. I, I had a little hotel down there. Uh, brought my kids, saw, saw my, uh, some of my family down there in Texas that I haven't seen in a while. And it was just a, a wonderful four, four day weekend. <laughs> but, awesome. but the, the highlight of that was definitely the Titans of CNC shop. And it is like you said, pristine. You could eat off the floor. They run that yeah. place. Unbelievable. I don't know if you, how many videos that you've you've seen of that shop, but it is I've, it's I've, everything. Not, that, everything sorry. that you can imagine, and then tenfold that. 
it is that oh, good. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. like I've I've watched some of their stuff on YouTube, but it definitely intrigues me. Um, mm-hmm. and like every time they like pan out and you can see the shop environment, it's like you could eat off the floor. I have no doubt. Yeah, like it, it's absolutely. literally pristine. So yeah, that's well, awesome. the the only thing that that kind of irked me a bit was some of the other people kind of going through the class. There were certain rules when it comes to being invited into that shop. So there's certain stuff you can't take video or picture of because they're, they're an active shop. They're not just there for social media. No, they're making SpaceX parts. They're making, uh, I think they made some blue origin parts. They're making parts for, for actual customers uh, Mm -hmm. that don't really want their intellectual property out there. And there were so many, I'm going to probably a third of the group of people that went through that, just not respecting that. And that, that irked me a little bit. And I'm like, like, bro, yeah. like they told you not to take pictures of that. And you're over there with your cell phone, snapping selfies with the stuff. And like, they had to intervene a few with a few people. Like, hey, no, don't, don't you. It's okay. You can take a picture of that. Just don't share it anywhere, man. Like that, that's actual property of somebody else that you're sitting there taking pictures of. But yes. that, that's the only thing that, of that whole experience that hurt me was just some of the other people that were invited in. But like for, as a whole, that place is, is phenomenal. Yeah. Nice. And they're 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 awesome. actually they're still they're still adding. I got to talk to, uh, um, I believe his name's Russell. He, he whenever you go okay. on the Titans of CNC website, you get a little little um, little menu that pops up that says, "Hey, how can I help you?" You know Clippy. I don't know if you remember Clippy from like yep. the Windows back yes, in the day. Like a little pop up. Yep. Hey, how can I help you? Yeah. Well, there's actually somebody yes. behind that on the on their website, and it's and it's it's usually uh, I believe his name's Russell. And I got to talk to him, uh, and he's kind of he works a lot with the the back end of the website, and okay. I was able to to pitch him a few ideas of what I thought the the website can use, and it's like a continual evolution evolution thing with what they want to implement. And uh, they actually took a few of my ideas and put that on the wall, so they're going to be working towards some other stuff on doing some changes to their website nice. just just on my input. I'm like, well, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, that's great. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, that, I learned that, a lot from them. I'm sure that that is one heck of an experience. Yeah, throw up, throw up. That I don't is. know if I sent you that picture, but I'll, I'll send you that picture if you need to. Throw that up. That was that was a yeah. good picture that I took with Titan. <laughs> yes, S- yeah. send that photo over on the on our Discord, and I'll definitely get it up. Okay, there for sure. Yep. So, but yeah, no, it, I that is awesome. It's really awesome. I, I got to hear a lot of inspirational stories from some of the other people that were brought in to go through that, that, that training course. Okay. And very inspirational of, of people that haven't really been in the manufacturing industry their entire lives. And then they saw what mm-hmm. Titan was doing and then they decided to jump into it and now they're, they're exploding. So it's really getting me to where I want to get my shop going. And I have some equipment I have, a roof that I can throw over a little bit of my equipment, but like, I want to expand now. Like my dreams are, are just way more than what I can yeah. accomplish right now on what I want to start. I'm already looking at getting some machines yeah. financed and uh, that's probably, you nice. know, three to five years in the future, but maybe a little bit sooner. We'll see what happens. <laughs> there you go. That's going to be great. Yep. Okay. Next subject I've got is new tires on. The, we talked about this. New mm-hmm. tires on the tractor and get started with starting fluid after rebuilding the distributor. Yep. Yep. So I'm guessing so that's, this is the the big old tractor with the loaded tires. This is yeah, this is the wheel the wheel dozer. 
I yes. guess the old Minneapolis moly. I don't know how much I've talked about it on the last podcast, but it's still sitting in my yard. <laughs> so I got oh, new, new, new front tires for it. Uh, the, the funds that were used for the rear tires were used up elsewhere. And that kind of segues into okay. uh, a new vehicle purchase that, that I happened, but the, the rear tires, yeah. they were running about a thousand eleven hundred dollars a piece and i've kind of taken the money that i was going to use to to get the rear tires of that tractor maybe fix up the rims a bit because there's some holes in the rims um Mm -hmm. yeah it's still working in progress it runs i rebuilt the distributor it runs off starter fluid it puffs and pops and everything else timing's not exactly right but i'm not going to go ahead and perfectly set timing off of using starter fluid through a propane through a propane carburetor I'm not going to really set yeah. timing and, and just call it good. I'm going to wait till I get the, the gasoline carburetor uh, and it's yeah. a direct bolt up. And then, yeah. Yeah. So that tractor the car is still I'm, moving on it. It's going to be awesome next spring. Okay. I'm going to be working on it all through the winter, but with that big old eight foot wide blade on it, it's going to be moving some, I want to say dirt, but it's going to be moving some sand. <laughs> and, and I've already uh, on the back end, I've got two trailer loads, full, full trailer loads of uh, some used tires that I'm using for uh, around my property as a retaining wall. So I'm going to use like a packed earth inside of a uh, tire derived cylinder, I guess is the exact name for like the eco-friendly people we're using tires, but uh, yeah, it's going to, it's going to be moving some dirt next year. Nice. Yep. Nice. I'm guessing, I'm guessing the money to fix the rear tires was used on a 2500. It it was on the twenty five hundred. Uh, yeah, yeah. So That's my neighbor, yeah, my neighbor had a few vehicles, and he was looking at uh, either parting them out or getting rid of them whole. And I was about to pull a trigger on purchasing an engine and a transmission, and maybe the rear axle out of a 04 2500 HD. Mm-hmm. And it turns out he sweet talked me into just getting the whole truck because it's way easier to do anything swapping stuff in and out if you have the whole thing complete running <laughs> so the all the funds that were used uh-huh. for the tractor are now going for this uh 2500 that has an 8.1 liter v8 in it with the yep. optional allison transmission so they came as far as my knowledge and the research i've done they all came with manual five speeds from the factory you had to f- physically order the option for the allison uh, awesome. and yep. it actually, it actually has the Allison in there. I think it's the, the 1000 series. And I would really like to bring a transmission controller to market for that. I did a lot of looking. It's all electronic controlled. It's not kind of half yep. and half like a 4L60. Um, mm-hmm. and, and it seems doable from, from the, the, the wiring diagrams I was able to pull off and, yep. uh, this, the, the, Fluid circuits that run through solenoids, I, I think it's really easy to be able to, to pull off a uh, a transmission control module for those. What year is that truck? It's an 04. 04. Okay. 04. So should be probably P59 ECU. So I'm going to have to double check, but I, I think so. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't gone out and looked at it. So, I've I've, I've, I've kept it. myself from going out and and exploring it until yes. 
he has all the money in his hand for what I'm paying him for it because I don't want to start parting it yeah. off. <laughs> yeah. And he, he basically yeah, said, yeah, yeah, you can go ahead and just do what you need to do. Just make sure I have, have what you, what you're paying me for it. Like, Oh, by next month, yeah. first of the month, you know, it is going to be fully mine. And I've been keeping myself from going out there and exploring it too much. Nice. But yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> we'll have to look. Cause I, so you're, you're not the first one about the transmission controller, right? And I'm thinking that's for Allison's or just transmission controller in general. Period. Okay. Okay. Because I'd like, I'd like to make kind of a universal deal where it's not just like the Allison, or not just a Fall EDE, or not just a Fall <laughs> 60E, where it's like it. You can use the tra- that module, like again, like that circuit board kind of like this logger, um, which this is kind of different, but you could set it up to where all the stuff you should need for a lot of transmissions is just on here. And then it's just a change of programming. Mm-hmm. So we can like support a wide range of stuff and mm-hmm. have CAN bus support and possibly mm-hmm. serial support and like for serial GM, like ECUs and stuff like that or whatever, mm. or, you know, whatever. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Integrate. I, need, Holly I need to do some more exploring with my, uh, cause I have the 07 Ram 1500 that's LS swapped. And I believe, so like there's some CAN bus going on through that, through some AC, through some dash work for the gauge clusters and stuff. And I really would like to get all my gauges to work and my AC button to, to work how it should with my it's, uh, it's up AC. Easier, <laughs> it's easier when you have a bone stock truck that you're starting with. Mm-hmm. So, but there's probably other ones out there where we can get our hands on a stock one and record how it functions, mm-hmm. and then do it. So, like that's something else that tie back into the whole CAN bus thing for cust- like cu- customers or listeners of this podcast or viewers of this podcast. Um, if you already have a modified vehicle and you're trying to make the CAN bus stuff work, realistically, you probably should have started recording beforehand. However, if you can get your hands on another vehicle that was just like yours that's still stock, you can use one of these guys to record what you need because you're mimicking what the factory did. That's all you're trying to do. Like You need to figure out the data so you can mimic the, what the factory did, and then if you need to, take in other data, convert it, and then output it with what the factory like electrical modules need to see on the network, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So, so very much what, man are, in the middle. With 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 that, is there any option there? Because I know a lot of people that are going to be able to purchase that and wire it up, and then have no idea what the data is saying. Is there is there anything that? Or, okay, so I see that no. smile. <laughs> That's where I didn't talk about it much. <laughs> But um, that's where the master class is going to come in. Okay. Yep. So uh, I, I, I lead to a, a little bit. <laughs> I don't have a price on the master class. Um, I'm going to be doing the master class. Uh, it'll be worked examples. Um, I've got a very good idea of what I want to do, and it will be within the right to repair and like everyone's going to be happy type situation. Um, because again, this information can be used for good. It can be used for others. So mm-hmm. anyhow, uh, <laughs> skirting around yeah, here a little. It, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, my plan with my work example is I could probably do this with multiple vehicles 
and I plan on doing it with multiple vehicles. The first one will probably be my own Fiesta because it has CAN bus. Second one will probably be with like a Toyota RAV4 because it has CAN bus. And what I would love to do is set them up because Real Dash takes can like uh, CAN bus inputs as long as you program them that way and will display the inputs on your dash. Uh, I think those would be perfect work examples because all you're trying to do is get the data off the network to display on a digital dash screen that you want to integrate on your car somewhere to have other data that your instrument cluster doesn't put out natively. Let, let me know because I know my little brother, he'd be willing to. He has, I think, a, was it 2012 Chevy Spark? And there's all those options with he, he has the non-turbo version because I guess there was a turbo and a manual option. Yep. I think it was in that spark. Anyway, but if yeah, if you're wanting any uh, any sort of logs from that, I'd be happy to yep. to ask him. And I know he'd be happy to just kind of throw you some whatever that stock bone stock vehicle is doing just to do some yep. teaching with or some reverse engineering with. Yep. I would definitely be down for that because right now I've got access to all kinds of vehicles for doing this with. But yeah, so like a lot of it, the master class is going to go over heavily, um, but a lot of it is getting your hands on a factory vehicle, or if you're planning on building your own vehicle to do something crazy with it, getting the data Start off. Start early off. on pulling the data off. Yep. Yep. That way you have all the data you need to move forward with your build or get the data into the hands of someone that can make the stuff for you to get you know the product moving while you're doing the build or so on and mm. so forth. Cause I do think like, I would like for twisted builds possibly to get into some of the bespoke work, like the one-off stuff, because it is a blast. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah. So there's that. I'm yeah. tangent. I know. I'm just all <laughs> um, we also talking about products from twisted builds. Um, I, I've dropped the ball. Everyone listening, this is my fault. You've had the stuff for me to get on the website for a while now, and I just haven't done it. because So not not all of it. So I haven't sent you. I did finalize, if this is what we're talking about, the uh, um, material rack. Okay. Uh, that if, is yes. that what we're talking about? So yes. I have not the assembly instructions. I do have a full setup I need to go ahead and throw up on the drive to give to you to throw with the prints. Awesome. <laughs> but but oh. that's that's on yeah i have one that i have not i've been lazy i haven't given that to you yet <laughs> it's a mix of we've all been busy and we're tr i'm trying to get back into the swing of things now that my life's getting a little more but more settled down <laughs> but yeah, i'm not going out of town so often anymore but but yeah so that and we're did did we make the other thing public yet yeah we did the yeah we made it public i don't we haven't so I've actually done a few more iterations on some details of that too. We're uh, talking about the, the engine the, stand for anyone. The engine listening. run stand, yes. Yeah, so I think we're on the third version. Okay. Maybe the second. I don't know. Anyway, if it is a second, it's almost to the third with the amount of iterations that I've done on certain parts of the engine run stand. So we really tweaked. I think between me and you, we got a good design for the radiator yeah. mount to basically throw – any sort of radiator you have yep. at this engine run stand to basically allow it to run with whatever vehicle you have with whatever radiator you pull out yep. of your shed or your garage at the time. It's <laughs> not something that you need to uh, buy specifically this part number from this yep. other company to use with us. Yeah. Fit. 
yeah, pretty, pretty universal. Uh, it's awesome. I've redesigned some shelves that are going okay. around the sides and the back. And, uh, I have not talked to you about this yet, but the trays that come from Harbor Freight, I have yes. now based a new design that you don't have. It, the trays that go in the toolbox or the toolbox or drawers to organize stuff. One of oh, these no. is it's quite, quite long. Uh, not that, not as wide as it is long, but it's set up in four trays with four pockets. I think that'd be really great to have basically on the side of like an engine. If you're doing some valve train work, especially on a V8, well, you got four pockets so you can do push rods and bolts and, and rocker arms and stuff like that. And that's a perfect tray to be able to incorporate into this engine run stand. So I'm redesigning one of the trays to fit the, the footprint of those Harbor Freight uh, little plastic dividers that you, not really dividers, but those little organizers that you slip in your toolbox drawers. Awesome. I was like, well, that's good. So you can have it on the size of what you need, or you can go get a, 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 a organizer and then you can throw it on there, or we might and throw them up and throw one with. But yeah, yep. And I awesome. thought specifically on, on valve trail, oh, there we go with the uh, AI tracking go. again. <laughs> I got, uh, I did the little okay symbol and it's tracking me now. Um, I did that specifically kind of looking toward valve train stuff. Cause there's, I don't know how many times I've dug into valve trains and I've had nowhere to put the stuff or let's say push yes. rods. If you really, really, really want to be meticulous about it and you want the same side of the push rod going in the same hole that it came out of with the same side up going right back in when you assemble it back together. If you're yes. really particular on the wear patterns, let's say on the, the push rod to the rockers or the push rod to the lifters, well, you can go ahead and set it up with, with one of these trays. So that's going to be awesome. Yeah. yeah. And which will There's be awesome. Some like some of the, like the older stuff where you're taking like stuff apart to like torque the head heads down again, once you get them up to temp and stuff like that. Yep. Yeah. Like that's going to yep. be perfect. So. Yep. Awesome. Yeah, there's there's been some iterations of that design. I don't think I've got you. I don't know. I've thrown I've thrown a print up on our drive, uh, okay. or not a print, but a uh, a 3D model. I think I did some okay. step files and some SolidWorks files and stuff like that. Uh, material wise, so I thought I had acquired a good amount of material to do a full prototype build of the material rack and of the engine run stand. And it's not coming out how I thought it was when it comes okay. to acquiring that material. So I'm going to have to, to reach out to actually a company and do all this stuff separately from how I was doing it earlier. <laughs> but uh, we Got should it. have, a, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to speak around some stuff, but um, yep. yeah, we should have a, a good, at least one or two prototypes. I'm going to go ahead and send you the material so you can, get get yours together and and have the and stuff that we sure. need a third party we'll, third party we'll, and yep we'll video it as yep. well so that way youtube and everyone yeah. sees how it oh goes it's gonna be so good i can tell you the the amount of i wouldn't say labor hours but just man hours in intellectual design and researching the market of what's currently out there and bringing in the best of the best from absolutely everything into this one engine run stand. It's going to be good. It's going to be really, really good. I'm excited. It's going to be modular. Thing. You're going to be able to fit almost absolutely anything on it. It's going to be able to hold the weight from a little four cylinder Honda to maybe an inline eight diesel. So we're going to see what's going on oh, yeah. here. Yeah. Like I've seen the designs and they are beefy. Like this is going to mm -hmm. be great. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. So I'm looking forward to that because I would like I have a, a different run stand I haven't put together yet because I've been pretty busy. But with a lot of the electrical stuff that Twisted Builds is coming out with, it would be awesome to have a run stand where mm-hmm. I've got extra LSs. I can just toss an LS on this run stand. Yeah. A, we can you and me stand. both, man. B, you throw, yeah. throw, throw <laughs> something around my property and you're hitting something LS. <laughs> but, but yeah, be able to test run LSs before I pop them in vehicles. I'm thinking the S10. Um, it also like test electronics on a running engine. Like yep. you can bench them a lot of stuff and that's great, but sometimes you just need to tack it on something that is live on use to make sure. And like having a run stand like that would be a, would allow us to do that. So, and anyway, we learned that kind of firsthand back and forth on some of that four, two stuff back in yes. the day. So to actually have like, in theory, it may seem actually perfect, but when you go actually and run it on an engine, it might not be what, what theory is right. telling you it is. Yeah, yep. exactly. So, and having a run stand, and not again, we're talking kind of like us, but our customers too, anyone that would buy this run stand, like you'd be able to do the same thing. You'd be able to test your equipment, mm-hmm. test new products, test test the motor before you put spend all the time put it in a chassis and find out that there's something yeah. wrong. Like you'd, it, you wouldn't have to take it to an engine dyno to start it up and run it and stuff like that. You'd be able to do mm-hmm. it at your own facility to run it before you, excuse me, pop it in. And, and do it safely, I might add, because there's a lot of people out there doing run-ups and warm-ups on engine, uh, what, are, what are the, the, just the regular engine stands, like those little $50 Harbor Freight engine stands. I don't know how many videos hey, I've seen up on YouTube. Over. Yeah. Oh, yes. Those little three-legged things. They love to tip over if you're pushing them at half a mile an hour, much less if you have a lot of rotational mass in there revving up and revving down. (laughs) So it's, it's, yeah. So there's a safety factor in this built as well. Yeah. Plus cooling and fuel and oil pressure. And like you'll have some gauges with it as well. Yes. Or, you like you'll be able, the customers will be able to buy gauges and add them to it or what. Yeah. Anyone listening, we're still working on this. But however, mm-hmm. uh, it allow you to safely test that engine, and it's going to be universal, so you can use it for all kinds of different engines before you pop it in your build. I and, fully and- plan on doing this with definitely the S10 build for how I've got that truck set up. Like it's going to be awesome for checking the six two before I toss it in. And, or and, and I would stress out the testing more than let's say the testing of your components that you throw in there more than it is like a, a warm up or break in cycle, because the amount of some of the parts that are entering in the market now, let's say lifters, for instance, you may have some lifters that you think are absolutely golden that you throw them in a build and then they are trash. They demolish a cam. And if you don't catch it in time, well, you're demolishing your entire engine, just pumping all sorts of metal through, through everything. So this will, be allow you to catch a really really expensive mistake yes. ahead of time and to go out and let's say send them back so no uh no your 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 cam is is not hardened properly or your lifters are not hardened properly properly exactly. which is a big issue between a lot of the ford and the chevy stuff going on right now that's been outsourced to other countries and they'll send something back that's just really yeah. not should be running yeah and yeah. i've had an issue myself with uh with some lifters that I paid a good amount of money for that I thought were going to be good. They weren't no cheap, cheap, cheap of the line eBay lifters or nothing like that. Yeah. They were name brand and they ended up demolishing a, uh, a mask motorsport stage two track package cam. Uh, oh. that, that was, I believe the first cam that I threw in the LS swap 
in my truck. Oh. And then I ended up having to throw a stock cam and use stock lifters back into it because of the lifters yeah. uh, demolishing that camshaft. <laughs> yeah. That's, oh. yeah. But again, something like this would allow you to have it out of the vehicle where you're going to hear it better. You're going to be able to yeah. monitor all pressure. You'd be able to You'll be able to work it. on it better. I mean, they're not built yeah. like you can sit in your engine bay like you used to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you'd be able to like drop, you know, drop the oil filter, drop oil real quick, check mm -hmm. the oil filter for metal, check the oil for metal, stuff like that. You'd be able to health check it real quick or disassemble it if you need to real quick. Again, a lot like I like I probably should have known better, but I didn't realize how much it happened until I started getting into a little bit of the diesel crowd. Like how many people will like you, you put the head studs in and then you warm the motor up and retorque the head studs down while mm -hmm. it's hot. Because then when it cools down, it literally clamps everything together. And with yeah. this run stand, you'd be able to get stuff up to operating temperature and do that without it being in the vehicle where you're going to make a big mess. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, is that more toward the diesel crowd? Because I've actually recently, Some I've been. Stuff does it too. Okay. Because I recently I was at something came across one of my feeds on something about uh, Gail Banks and I'm a big fan of his. Yes. And he was talking about head, head, uh, head bolts and how anything under a thousand horsepower diesel, he's using stock head bolts. So he's not throwing head yep. studs in anything because you end up breaking the block <laughs> with a head stud. Yep. Cause there's no, there's no kind of a uh, give there. Uh, and when it comes to cylinder pressure and the stock head bolts are kind of used to be able to stretch a little bit, use the stretch that's in the head gasket and to still have the seal. And then mm -hmm. when it's coming off the compression stroke, well, your, your head bolts kind of, bringing everything back like a rubber band. So there's no use in using kind of some of the head studs on some of the diesel stuff yeah. uh, quite yet, unless you're pushing some crazy, crazy, crazy numbers. But Yeah. And like most of the builds, at least I've been around, have been over the four digit number. So that's probably mm -hmm. why they're doing it. Um, I've been getting in with some rowdy stuff, <laughs> but, <laughs> but you know, uh, so yeah, but again, I'm going to be like working on some diesel stuff myself soon. Hopefully yeah. a good old but seven, be, seven, three. <laughs> yeah. But you'd be able to use this run stand, as I said, to like get things up to temp, check for leaks, check and make sure you didn't get the wrong set of head gaskets for a notched heads on a five, three, and they leak on you the first time you start it. Firebird. <laughs> uh. <laughs> It just happened. Uh, I, okay. never talked to you about I was that. like, you seem a little salty about that. Do elaborate. <laughs> Firebird's running again. Okay. So uh, it's been down for a couple of years. I hurt the last motor. I spun it up too high. I think it was a mix of it was a home cut oil pan that I didn't have enough clearance between the pickup and the bottom of the pan. And okay. So you're cavitating with just it not being able to so. pull what you did. Like okay? it was. It was fine at 6,000 RPM, but my buddies run them up to like 7,800. I'm like, oh, I'll take it up to seven. It didn't like that at all. So it mm -hmm. spun number one rod bearing uh, bad. So anyway, so that motor came out and I put it back to a PO, uh, factory PO1 ECU. Made my own engine harness and stuff with uh, the 57 pin circular pass through connectors for the firewall. Um, okay. It came out all right. Uh, a lot of this was a learning experience because I wanted to learn on a car that I don't really care about too much. So that way, any mistakes I made, I can learn from them and then put that knowledge towards the S10 because the S10 is my like, really good build. So, mm -hmm. But yeah, the car's running again. I got the thing started up and running. I First time I did this, and I'll never do it again. I got a gasket set from eBay for an LS. Didn't, like, the rest of the gaskets... 
perfect. Like that thing does not leak an ounce of oil. The thing's mm-hmm. never like the thing's always leaked oil because I've always reused gaskets. Like I just replaced everything with this cheap eBay set. It was great. Uh-huh. I did not even think to look that the head gaskets were not set up for the notched heads. I run okay. The old motor doesn't have notched heads. The new one does. And I got it running. Like I put coolant in it, and it's dripping out of the the side right where the head gaskets are. Toward <laughs> why well, is it leaking? <laughs> I'm like, you yep. got to be kidding me. So, yeah. so what what brand did you go? Would you go with the name brand off of eBay, or did you just go with okay? Oh, uh, so the gas the original gasket set off eBay was like a note. Hi. Apparently, my focus is there. We go. Maybe. Yeah, I saw you. Okay. My eyes messing up. There we go. I can no, see. my camera. I just saw. It. Okay. There uh, we go. So I got a, a kind of a no name. It's. I think it, it looked like it was a Mister Gasket set. Okay. Um, and it was probably my fault. I should have checked and make sure that the head gaskets were like set up for notched heads. Yep. I didn't even realize like the last engine I had in there that I was pushing some power with, like it didn't have notched heads. I've never had an LS with notched heads. And mm-hmm. sure enough, this one I didn't check had notched heads and I used the non head, non, non notched head gaskets in it and they leaked. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, I was dicked. I was I so mad. I, I used their felt, the felt pro eBay, which I mean, you're a toss up of whether or not felt. it is felt pro, uh, I, so I bought, <laughs> coming off I of actually, anything eBay. But that's I what I got the head gaskets on my my six O right now is is those multi layer still. Then yes. I, I did spray them with copper with the copper coat just so, just for sanity. Uh, but I haven't had a single lick of issues out of those. So I run the Felpro Perma Dries. They're the blue coated mm-hmm. Felpro gaskets. Okay, mm-hmm. so that's why I normally run. I grabbed this set for this one. And I don't know if you've ever seen how like Nelson race engines glue their heads together. Like absolutely, no. okay. I'll have to send you. I'll I'll put it in the YouTube video here, and I will send you a photo on uh, the Discord uh, once we get done with this. Probably tomorrow at this point. Okay. Um, but uh, anyway, they use uh, like an aircraft sealant on the block, on the head gasket, and on the head, and they glue this sucker to the motor. Now they're pushing some serious power, but. I've heard of old timers using Indian head gasket sealer. Oh, that's, that's a name I've heard before for the old motorcycle stuff or the people using some, uh, the Honda, Honda sealant apparently has some really good technology and what they do for their sealants. I may have been ticked off and I may have gotten two bottles of Indian head gasket sealant and sealed both sides of the head gasket on the motor when it went back together and glued everything. Together. <laughs> it's held up to 14 pounds yep. of boost already just fine there you so go. Yeah. whatever so but yeah the car the firebird's back for any of our listeners it's i wanted to get it done so that way all the pieces were back on that car so that way when i start doing the other two builds that like all the pieces are where they need to be and everything's separated and i'm not crossing or changing parts and stuff like that yeah so because i've got a silver auto build next and then the s10 so. yeah I, yeah, speaking of the S10, <laughs> was I sent you uh, pictures of the cracked frame on my Dodge Ram. You're like, oh, yes. I just weld that back together. <laughs> I would. Yeah. Well, uh, I ended up, uh, I got some, uh, so for everybody listening that doesn't know the whole story on that one. So I, I LS swapped the Ram. Um, 
the rear lower control the the lower control arm rear frame brace that goes from left side to right or driver side passenger side that braces both sides of where the pivot point of the lower control arm on the rear side is okay uh there was a brace there i took it out whenever i swapped the truck three-ish years ago a little over three years ago i don't know it's been a blur at this point and I noticed at the time, hey, it was a little spongy, but I had to take it out to fit the oil pan on the LS because I wasn't running a, any kind of short oil pan. Okay. I got some death wobble in my truck, and I was fighting that over, I want to say, like the last six months. And I got rack and pinion steering. It's not like an old Ford old mm-hmm. Ford where you're just shaking violently with just the suspension or the suspension and yes. the steering geometry. I mean, it's a gold rack. And, I mean, it's a nice rack and pinion set up in the truck so i should yep. not be getting any sort of death, death wobble. wobble and it was violent it was violent you see the videos of like dashes shaking the people just going crazy trying to hold on to the steering wheel that was me anywhere above 50 or 55 plus but if That's i got bad. up to 70 i was golden above that i just couldn't chronically <laughs> keep above that and if i hit the brakes hard at about 40 and let's say like a red light was coming up or somebody slammed on the brakes, it would shake violently too. And I'd have to let off the brakes and pedal back in. And I got up underneath my truck. I was like, why is this happening? I aligned my truck. And while I was aligning my truck, I, I looked up, I was like, Whoa, there's a big crack there. I looked on the other side. Well, there's some more big cracks there. And the ears coming off of the frame that are welded on from the factory that you can bolt your lower control arms to were just cracked almost all the way up. And I got some, I uh, bought some two inch by three inch quarter inch wall okay. square tubing, rectangle tubing. And I notched out a portion from my oil pan and I ended up uh, bolting in a new brace. I have not welded up those cracks yet because I actually want to grind out <laughs> the entire crack before I throw yeah. a weld be back into it. But yeah, that's, that's some fun. I, I almost killed myself on that truck. By the time I actually put the brace back in, of like the three inches of weld on, I want to say the driver's side of one of those little yeah. ears coming off that you bolt the lower control arm to, of three inches of weld on, on one side, there was probably less than a half inch of weld left that wasn't cracked through. And I was still dangling that back and forth to work. <laughs> Babing it. The, oh. the moment I threw in that brace, though, it is so tight. I don't know how I've gotten this long in the, that truck. Without it's, it with without it but uh it's phenomenal to drive now that uh, it's got a brace in there and it's not even welded up yet so it's probably not even as stiff as what it can be (laughs) it's fun to drive now it's it's a lot tighter in the front sports car on the truck yeah Yeah. (laughs) it's not going all i didn't realize how much it floated it floated all over the road before and it i was just used to it i was like oh it's a truck i got airbags in the rear uh, like okay. those little uh, ride, yeah, ride, Firestone. Little, yes. Yeah, yeah. So because I was hauling my trailer, uh, so I was like, "Oh, it's just floating around, floating around, floating around." Like, no, it's there's a big issue there that you need to fix. <laughs> I'm glad I'm getting it fixed, though. Yeah, that's awesome. That's yeah. oh, gee, that's scary, but it's good. It really scary. is. Also, like when, I, when you throw some of the pictures of the cracks up, because yeah, I sent I'll you the pictures. The yeah. Up. yeah. yeah. Uh, like I saw those and I'm like, I would definitely, like I told you this, I would weld those up. I'd grind those down and weld them up. So yep. like, what, which is exactly what I'm doing. I'm getting good with that little titanium. Oh, wow, there we go. I yeah, set the okay symbol. So hold on. I <laughs> realize how much your hand gesture moving while you're talking. I'm Italian or something. Apparently 
Jonathan will get a kick out of that joke. But um, well, hi Jonathan, if you're listening, yeah. hi sure Jonathan. So he reached out to me about some uh, actually work questions uh, with a car that he was working on. So in my expert field, so. Mm-hmm. He's been doing some crazy stuff at work too. I've been seeing the amount of engine swaps he's doing out there at that shop, and that's a that's a lot of a lot of hard work for the shop that he's in. They're, they're all over, yeah. yeah. It's happening all over the industry. It's not just him for sure. Mm-hmm. It's all it's all the brands right now. Mm-hmm. But yeah. So, all right, man. I think this has been awesome. Um, yeah. We it's been a long for anyone listening. It's been a long time since Kevin and I have talked, or a long time since we've had a podcast. So this is yeah, great. we talk here and there. We're just not on the podcast all the time. Yeah. <laughs> so I definitely want to, as I've said before, and I'll say again, I want to get more regular with it. I'm not going to say how regular because I can't ever keep every that. time we throw a number out there, we miss it. it. Just goes right out the window. <laughs> so you know. But however, this has been awesome. This really has been. I am excited, and I'm. Everyone's going to see like nice proper backgrounds back here, and we've gotten better equipment, which I think we may have seen this at the beginning of the podcast. But like we're we're definitely trying to step our game up. So um, mm-hmm. I definitely uh, either get. I would love to get Jonathan on the next one. I've also got another buddy that wants to get on as well. His name's uh, Dale. Another Dale. Dale Aaron. Oh, okay. Um, how many um, more are we gonna go through? I've made a few jokes of that in the you, you want me to <laughs> in the plug. Discord. I have more than one Dale friend, so oh, like we can for a little bit. <laughs> All the Dales stick together. <laughs> but, but yeah, so uh, but yeah, this has been awesome. So uh, if, mm-hmm. if you're listening and you've made it this far, thank you. And if you have anything you want uh, me or Kevin to talk about or uh, any questions, just reach out to us or get on our Discord, Facebook. Um, yep. Mail us. Um, I'm Dale at twistedbills.com and you're Kevin at twistedbills.com if I remember correctly. Yep. Yep. So uh, email, reach out. Uh, we'll we'll go from there. All right, man. It's nice. It's been nice. So I'll yeah. see you next time. I'm happy. I'm happy we finally got together and got to do another one of these. Exactly. This is yep. awesome. So, all right, everyone. Have a good day and we'll catch you on the next one. Yep. Bye.